Hello and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven and with me as always is Brandon and we're doing another advice episode for you all. Brandon, for those of, uh, or for people who are not used to the advice episodes, how do these work? <laughs> what a great opening. Uh, I had yeah, so, so many thoughts <laughs> <laughs> that were not so, well executed in that opener. <laughs> well, we, uh, over the, the past week, we've been uh, accumulating different questions from you guys in the audience uh, through Instagram or email, anything, uh, text, anything that you guys have sent through to us. Uh, has been uh, kind of stacking up and we're going to try to address as much as possible. For those of you who tune into our live streams on Instagram or Twitch, uh, feel free to um, post a question as well and we will try to address it. I also want to say to start off, uh, well, I guess I don't want to speak for both of us, but I think I can I can say accurately, we apologize for the late episode this week with Thanksgiving last week. Um, and both of us kind of coming in and out of uh, where we're living, uh, things got a little hectic, and we just had to push things back a bit. But uh, we are ready and raring to go, so I am excited. I always like these episodes because it's a nice way to interact with, with all of you. Yep. I, uh, just a second when Brandon said I was in Ohio for like almost a full week, so uh, I am back here in Chicago, and I am looking forward to uh, – Given some advice, as we always say when we do these episodes, we are by no means the advice experts, and we're not claiming that we are the advice experts. But when Brandon and I started this podcast, keep in mind, a big reason behind it was we had a lot of really good conversations that kind of, that, that both of us learned from, and in a way, us giving advice to one another was really pivotal towards us kind of reevaluating things and in, in, I don't know. They were really helpful for us, and that's kind of why we like doing these advice episodes because we feel like this is a chance to help other people because we know that it worked for us. So maybe for a few of you, this will work for you as well. Yeah, I mean, a big a big portion of this podcast is built on personal growth, and I think a lot of times it can be hard to uh, get out of your own head when you're in certain situations. So even if you don't agree with our point of view, maybe it's something that you never thought of before. And maybe that'll challenge you to a point where you can adjust your mentality or you can uh, double down on the on, on how you are handling it currently. You know, maybe it'll help you in either of those ways. But altogether, uh, yeah, we just we just enjoy having these kinds of discussions and seeing if uh, any little nuggets can stick with us. So here we go. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the first question on here is, how do I get enough sleep while still trying to live a life? Currently struggling since I'm on overnights. Yeah, this is tough. I I, uh, I have uh, trouble sleeping uh, myself, and Steven knows that all too well. I'll, uh, I'll be on a, on a roll for about three days, and then all of a sudden one night I just cannot fall asleep. I think uh, something that, uh, for those of you who don't know, I have been going to therapy, and that is one thing that I've talked about a lot in therapy is uh, because sleep is so important for your, your mental health, for your emotional health, I mean, even physical health, just the recovery portion of it, trying to get uh, clo- as close to eight hours asleep a night um, is is super important. I, I think a, a big thing is um, prioritizing it. You know, this question specifically says, how do I get sleep while still trying to live life? You know, if you work a job that's overnight, 
that that's going to be tough to you know be on the same schedule as your friends and family when they want to hang out but i think you need to make sleep a priority uh, because i know for me personally when it's not and when my sleep habits fall by the wayside uh, a lot of other things start to unravel in my life so i would say make it a priority and also put down the technology uh, when you're going to bed because um, those those blue lights on laptops uh, phones that stuff can keep you awake and restless uh, so in my therapy sessions we've talked we talked about for two hours before going to bed I try to put that technology away now I'll admit I'm not always successful with that but it helps your brain start to, to start to shut down so if you want to read books or do some other activities that, that that those are some things I would say I like this as an opening question because Brandon and I are very different when it comes to our sleep habits, and we've, we've discussed this before. I have never had much difficulty in falling asleep. Like When I want to fall asleep, I can usually do it, which is probably a bit of a surprise for somebody as, one, as hyperactive as I am and um, who definitely overthinks as much as me. I think a big part of this is having a uh, an amount of self-awareness to recognize that maybe what you are doing currently, there's something about it that may not work for you. For example, one thing that has been really helpful for me, because I'll admit that I, um, there's plenty of nights where I function off of less than seven hours of sleep. Like that's a pretty normal thing for me. But I pretty much will sleep between six to eight hours every single night with very, very little deviation from that. I don't nap. I will set an alarm every single day, regardless of what I have going on that day. Um, I pretty much always wake up in the same window, go to bed around the same time. And that works for me because I never fall too far off the track and I'm usually tired at approximately the right time. So as good as it feels to sleep in sometimes when I really want to, I've just noticed that I'm better off just kind of staying in my routine and waking up within the same couple of hours every single day. So that's a big thing for me, uh, but I do feel you because I did have a job in the past where I worked um, like a night shift and I would usually get off between like one and four in the morning and it was pretty tough because there wasn't as con- that same consistency. But the one thing that I can say is to sort of combat that I would try to wake up at the same time despite those shifts. So some days I get a little bit of extra sleep as a, as a result and some days I get, I'd get a little bit less sleep. But that overall waking up at the same time every day ended up being pretty beneficial to me. So I don't know that that would work for everybody. But for me, if I want to pretty much assure that I'm going to get really tired, I will have a crazy sleep schedule where I take a bunch of naps and wake up at different times. Once again, Brandon has been way more functional having a more um, staggered sleep schedule than me. So it's just having the self-awareness to realize what works for you. Yeah, and I would say even in my functional nature it's it's definitely not preferred you know i think uh establishing those habits is super important i think it's tough if you have if you have a work schedule that is not only overnights but it's unpredictable where one day you'll work this time and the other day you work another time uh that can be difficult but i think uh the way that steven started off his advice thing is he talked talked about uh, a bit of self-awareness so uh for instance like i said earlier for me i know that uh, you know, being on my phone or being on the computer uh, right before going to bed typically 
uh, I, I'm already an overthinker, and a lot of times I'll I'll just lay in my bed at night just thinking about things over and over again. And the technology definitely doesn't help that. So um, having that self awareness of what what bad sleeping habits you might have, um, you know, I think can can go a long way. So pay attention to the things that you're doing. Uh, I, I know that like eating pretty close to when you go to sleep is typically bad for sleep habits. Again, technology, um, just try to uh as you're getting ready for uh your your sleep schedule um do things that might help wind you down i think steven don't you like edit videos or something before you go to bed sometimes a lot of times if i uh, one thing that I, i will do is sometimes i will watch like a video right before i go to bed or i'll do something like that 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 will put me to sleep a lot of times okay yeah just find what works for you and and uh keep going with that and I will, I'll add one point to this. One thing that I have noticed lately that has been a huge difference for me, because I've been feeling a lot more rested recently, and I was like, what has changed? Do not, no matter how tempting it is, check your phone in the middle of the night. Like, let's say you wake up for a couple minutes. No matter how tempting it is, do not look at your phone. It is, it, like, without a doubt, part of the, my stretch where I was like, why am I always so tired, was because I was doing that. Undoubtedly, because I think it like takes you, because that like that bright light like wakes you up a little bit. Do not do that. As tempting yeah. as it is, I'm telling you, don't do it. I would also that make that reminds you. I know we're spending a lot of time on this one, but I used to have this complex where I always wanted uh, to be prepared if like a friend would call me at two in the morning or three in the morning. So uh, what I started doing is I started putting my phone on do not disturb mode uh, because as much as with do not disturb mode if they call you multiple times it'll still ring uh but if they only call once it'll just go and if they text you uh it won't make a sound or anything um and that was really helpful for me to again prioritize myself and my health uh because as as nice it is as it is to always be there for somebody uh a lot of times you you need to prioritize your own health and and so if that if that means hey, I might not be around to answer your call at three in the morning. If you really need me, call me a couple times. I'd say make that a priority for yourself. Definitely. And that's the thing too. When The second part on here, the currently struggle, or uh, what was the part? Um, basically trying to be pro- like have a productive life or have a life. I'm telling you, once you get more sleep and you feel more rested, you're going to have more energy to have more of a life. Absolutely. Okay. Anything else in this one or... Can we move on? I think we're good. Cool. Well, the next one is pretty relatable for Brandon and I as we met in college. Uh, so the next one here is advice on college. And Brandon, we'll start with you. Yeah. So, well, just because I know who asked this question and because uh, just advice on college, it's a pretty broad Uh, topic in itself so because I know that this person at least from what I can tell they have decided on the college that they're going to um, what I would say is you know it's it's tough not knowing your upbringing and and where you're coming from Uh, but what I encourage my sister who just started going to college this year um, was to be patient with yourself. Uh, a lot of a lot of times, uh, you don't have you didn't have the freedom that you're going to have when you start uh, going to college, and that freedom can be very liberating and awesome uh, to experience. But it also can be like, oh, if I just go nuts, uh, I, I could 
<laughs> get out of control quick. But I would just say be patient with yourself in learning that. I think I made a big mistake when I went to college of, uh, you know, maybe getting a little out of a routine that was good for myself and then feeling like, oh my God, my, you know, the sky is falling. And it's just like, I, I feel like that's a natural part of growing up is, is, uh, you know, f- failing and making those mistakes and finding out what works for you or doesn't work for you. If if you are at least, again, being self-aware enough to pay attention to what is working for you or not, uh, just be patient with the fact that you're probably going to make some mistakes as you figure out this whole adult life thing. And I think college is set up to be kind of um, – a landing strip for the real world it's it's not quite there yet but you start to experience that uh that freedom a bit and and um i i think really again prioritizing yourself it, it, you know it might be nice to always party to always do things for your friends always do all this stuff um but i think college is in its intention meant to build start building a foundation for your future so uh you know uh take time um focusing on yourself um, and also be patient with yourself don't invalidate your feelings if you start to feel like things are slipping just uh, take a deep breath take things one one day at a time and uh, I think it'll go life will start to slow down for you I think one of the most important things with college is to just not get caught up in this whole idea of like you're going to college like there's a lot of temptations when you go to college to make dumb decisions or get sidetracked or feel like you have to be a certain type of a person. I think one of my biggest mistakes in college was exactly that. I think that I felt like I had to adhere to certain things and I had to do certain things to get acceptance from people. And I think that all of us go through this. Like, I think this is just a normal part of life in general, but I think in college it's especially bad because after you graduate high school, this is now your first time to like, move away or it's your first time in this sort of um, a new environment where you you get to decide what happens to you next. Beforehand, like, yeah, you can fail at high school. Um, you can just not show up. Sure. But college is, it's a choice that you're making financially and it's, it's something that you're doing for yourself. But it's really easy to get caught up and, and just try to like just sleep around or just try to do this a huge party lifestyle. And I'm telling you, you will look back one day and you will have a certain element of regret if you put all of your focus on trying to live the college experience and you, you didn't actually take advantage of the fact that this is a way to set you up for your future. Like you want to make mistakes in college. Don't get me wrong because it's better to make it then than later on in life. But at the same time, try, <laughs> try to see why you're doing it uh, because I think a lot of times people just go to college, but there's no actual like game plan as to what the big term picture is. And I don't think that a lot of people plan ahead. So do a little bit of planning ahead uh, while you're there. And don't fall for all the peer pressure. Because I, I've, I have plenty of stories, a few that stick out to me in general, or a few, a few stories that stick out to me of people who bashed on me for not going out to party. And those same people ended up failing out the exact same year that they said that to me. And at the time, I was like, oh, man, maybe I am being kind of lame. But at the end of the day, I'm way better off now than they are. And uh, I'll I'll take that. (laughs) I'll definitely take that. I want to reiterate it but articulate it in a little bit different of a way. Uh, Don't get caught up in 
what people are telling you the college experience is supposed to be like. You know, find what the college experience is to you specifically. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I don't drink and I never have. And going to college was about discovering who I am and what I wanted out of life. And <laughs> that ended up leading me to drop out of school and pursue music because I was finally thinking for myself and thinking for what I wanted to do in life. Uh, now, I adjusted that thought process later and I went back to school and got my degree. Um, so I think, again, there there are a lot of things where you you are told in life what things should be. Um, and it doesn't have to be that way. Pay attention to what you want out of the experience. And I think, um, try to make it as internal as possible and don't, or, or try not to let the external influences shape how you actually feel, uh, in your experiences. Agreed. Okay. So the next one on here is time management. Right, One of those st- things where, well, so Brandon and I, a little while back, we got in a, a conversation on which of us is like more organized. And I feel like that kind of makes me think about time management because I think that actually this podcast has been really, really valuable for time management. I know it's helped me out a lot because for me, one of the worst things you can do to me is just put me in a situation where things are extremely chaotic and there's no real structure um, to what I'm doing. So time management, I really think causes people a lot of anxiety. For example, when I was in college, a lot of times I would have a few classes, but they would sort of be spread out in the morning and it would give me anxiety because I didn't know how to manage my time with, uh, do I do homework between them? Do I do homework in the evenings? What day, what days do I do it? And that was always a, a frustration for me. So my advice on time management is to actually, like, even though it kind of sucks sometimes, is actually try to think out what your goals are that week. I know a lot of times people don't want to sit there and like write out their goals. I don't actually sit there and write out my goals, but I am thinking ahead over the course of the week, what are the main things I want to get done? What days am I going to hang out with people? Like, What are my social nights? What are my nights that I need to do the podcast? What are my nights that I need to get to the gym? What's my off day at the gym? I'm always thinking like a full week ahead of all of my moves that I make over the course of the week. And that has been super valuable to me because once you sort of build a rhythm, you can kind of tell as to, okay, by Thursday, I'm probably going to be a little bit tired. So if I want to be well rested for Friday, I'm going to have to find some time in there to sort of recharge. How am I going to do that? Is Thursday going to be my um, my easy night? So maybe I just watch like a movie instead of do podcasting or something like that. So that to me has been really important is when you are able to plan about a week ahead, you can sort of prioritize and it's just a lot easier to to manage. So I'm big on planning. What about you? So I, I, I don't know for any of you listening, if you have a similar, um, uh, a similar, I guess, uh, struggle as I do, but I... I'm not only an overthinker, but I would describe my overthinking as uh, paralysis by analysis, meaning the thoughts that I have when I, when I think too much about stuff, they, they paralyze me. They, they impact my, my decision making to the point where a lot of times I don't, (laughs) I don't do the stuff that I actually want to do. Um, and, and something that I've really been pushing myself to do lately is just act 
Just just do it. Like instead of sitting around and thinking about oh, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this. What I try to do is I hone in on one thing at a time and I just do it. I don't even I don't even give myself time to justify why I can't do it, why I I, I shouldn't do it or why maybe I can wait till the next day or something. I I have it come through and then I I just act on it. And typically when I just act on it, it'll not only do I feel better about the fact that I just did it, but I also think uh, part of it is it, if you are a person who thinks a lot about things and maybe you have, uh, you're have you an intelligent person or a person that um, your brain is your advantage, I think a lot of times you should trust yourself that if you just act on things, your instincts on things are going to help you manage your time and, and, um, and how to... Um, I guess just put things into into motion rather than than sitting on your laurels. And uh, what I've noticed with this mentality is it helps um, it helps me avoid procrastination, which has always been a big issue of mine. Is I'll sit, wait, and think about things, and think about things, and think about things until. I no longer have a choice to think about it. I have to do it, otherwise there's a deadline, or you know, I'm, I'm I've dug myself into a hole. Uh, you know, so whatever it is, I think uh, my my advice would be to just um, kind of hone in on one thing at a time and just act on it, and then uh, things. Will- let me let me ask you one one quick question. On this, do you have an example of maybe something like in the past week, or just an example maybe for people who are like. Give me an example of something like that that you've done. Well, for instance, uh, you know, I'm, I've started doing uh, Insanity, uh, which is interval training. It's not, <laughs> it's not the most fun workout. It's like really, really difficult. And and um, for those of you who know my struggle with just taking care of my physical health, um, a lot of times I've had the mentality of, okay, I'll just start on Monday because. You know, I got this going on. You know, it rained today, so I'm not going to be able to go outside. <laughs> you know, I'll just I'll come up with all these these reasons why it's not going to work today, and I'll wait till Monday to start it. But then Monday comes around, and there's a whole new set of things I'll think about or reasons why I don't want to do it. So instead of of letting those thoughts take over, um, I'll just say, you know what? I bet you number one, I bet you future Brandon is going to really appreciate you right now if you just get up and do it because uh, it frees up my schedule later to do what I need to do. Um, but it also just feels good to accomplish something because I just acted on it rather than uh, plotting it out. So I, I guess that would be the, the first example that comes to mind. Hmm. hmm. I mean, I'm not surprised based on uh, our conversations, but sometimes I do think it's, it is just like helpful to get in ideas to like what like, I mean I don't even know how your brain works sometimes sometimes it's just it's interesting to hear it. yeah well the, and that's a, that's the thing too is uh, I mean thoughts in their in, in itself are are very fascinating because it's you know people say uh, the walking wounded for you know people who are going through depression and and, and stuff like that it, it's it's stuff that people on the outside don't know you're going through um, but the thing with with uh, how my thoughts end up manifesting themselves, they end up impacting uh, my physical health because the things that I do that don't take care of myself um, are things that hurt me physically, like overeating, uh, binge eating specifically, or uh, 
not getting the ample amount of exercise that my body needs to to thrive. I don't really know how to segue into this next question, so I'm just gonna go right out here and uh, whew, <laughs> and just ask the question. Okay, so how do I handle my friend wanting to watch me sleep with this girlfriend? Do you, do I, you know? I I mean I'll, I'll answer this. Uh, I think that this should just not happen. I think you just don't do this. I think how you handle it is saying, yeah, you're not going to do this. I mean, what would really be the benefit of this? I, I guess I'd have to know a little bit more of the context, but I would never do this. Brandon, would you, would you do this? I don't think I would do it, but I, I, I know that this is a sexual fantasy of people. And for for couples that are maybe not as monogamous as I would be, um, this might be something that is exciting for them to explore. Um, obviously it's a, a different perspective than my own because I would not want to either be the person that sleeps with a friend's girlfriend or have my girlfriend sleep with, with a friend. That's not something that I am, uh, I get sexual gratification out of, but some people like it. So what I would say is if you are the person, your friend is asking you to sleep with their girlfriend, um, I would, number one, I would really be communicative with the person that you're talking to because, Sometimes we, we do things to please our significant others that we might not be entirely sold on. And so I think being communicative, you, you want to, because this is such a serious, like sex is a serious thing. So you want to make sure that <clears throat> this person is actually okay with this. Sometimes we'll, we'll say externally that, yeah, I'm fine with this. Go ahead. You know, I, I want you to do this, but it might just be, uh, to please the, your, your significant other and maybe this person isn't as comfortable. So I would say start with that. Be super communicative with this person and make sure that this is what they actually want. And number two, um, and I'm not even saying this in an order. I'm, uh, you know, I think both of these should be uh, important. Are you even comfortable with this? Like, are you comfortable with uh, sleeping with your friend's girlfriend, uh, even if they want you to? You're not obligated to do it. So if you think it's going to change a dynamic in a way that you don't want, um, I would say avoid it. But if you are are in that same boat where, yeah, this could be exciting, this could be fun, I, I think people should explore themselves in that sense. I think it, it just gets messy. I mean, there could be a scenario in which I'd be like, I guess you could do it, but just from my experience, just this type of stuff doesn't work out. Not that I've ever done this specific thing before, but when well, I've heard people... What's your experience? <laughs> yeah, I was like... <laughs> well, well, I've never who have been you, a part it, of this experience. You haven't heard anybody do this? What are yeah, you I fucking like, talking about? I know at least 25 people who have done this. <laughs> You're just talking out of your ass. <laughs> I'm in like seven Facebook groups where I heard about this. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I honestly don't have much advice in this because this is nothing I would ever partake in or I would just tell the person don't do this. So that's it. Yeah, and we have an audience comment on this that I think is worth mentioning. It says, and be safe if you're going to do it. So yes, like... <laughs> Good point. Wrap safety, safety first. It's something I learned at Disney World. Safety first. You wait. <laughs> it's the first time you learned safety first was in your. Adult you don't want life the guests to Disney go on a World. ride and like get their head chopped off or something or like. Yeah, but one... you had never heard that phrase before. No, I probably learned it. I actually I went to Safety Town when I was a kid. 
True story. Nice. Well, I mean, a lot. Of, I mean, not that that's some crazy story. <laughs> Let's hear more about Safety Town. What's your uh, advice for people I, going the, to Safety Town well, for the first time? Well, actually, I have one bit of advice in Safety Town is uh, don't misgender your Safety Town instructor like I did. Oh, no. <laughs> well, they, uh, they, may not, they may not like it. What, how old were you during this? Uh, well, I was like five. Yeah, so... This isn't the easy mistake to make. It's even worse now. If you misgender people now, I feel like it's even more of a yeah. uh, of a problem. Yeah, when you're five, it's almost cute. When you're 27, it's not that cute. <laughs> so don't do it. I think it's that's cute. my advice. That's my advice. I'm I'm an advice guy today. We're both advice guys today. Move on. Get <laughs> <laughs> this man stalling over here. Okay. How do I handle a guy that ghosted me? Or how do I find closure when I don't get that chance from the guy? You go first on this one. Okay, how do you handle a guy that ghosted you? Well, you should probably try to figure out why they ghosted you if you have an interest in them still. But there's a good chance that if somebody ghosted you that it's kind of over. Like, I feel like that's usually a a pretty good sign um, if they just stop talking to you. But... That being said, I'm always a curious person, so I always want to know more information. So I would say, why not just be blunt and ask them why why have they stopped talking to you? Because they're probably going to tell you if you ask them. They're probably not going to. Usually, people when they're confronted that intensely, like they're usually going to say something. What? what? <laughs> what if they ghosted you, they're not talking to you. Yeah, but if you. But this is your chance to be like, why did you just ghost me? <laughs> but if they ghosted you, why would they answer that? They're ghosting you. I don't know. Say something like really mean. Maybe then <laughs> don't do that. Actually, no, don't, don't do that part of the advice. Uh, I, well, I mean, I, I, yeah, there is a chance, but I'm just saying the, the idea of ghosting is they're not, <laughs> they're not responding to you anymore. So uh, don't let someone go. Like, honestly, don't let someone ghost you. Ghost you. <laughs> no, my, <laughs> if someone ghosts you, then. That's probably a sign. Like, don't don't talk to them. Don't don't talk. Like, they they don't value you if they're ghosting you. Or or another possibility is you've maybe hurt them, and then now they need some time to think about it. Those are the the possibilities as to why I think somebody would ghost. So figure out which of those it is, and then uh, yeah, make the move from there. Uh, how do you find closure when you don't get that chance from the guy? Uh, closure is something that I have. I've gone back and forth on this a lot because if there's anyone who always needs closure, it's me because I hate leaving things open-ended with too much mystery. So I think I think you have to accept the fact that there's going to be times where you're never going to get the, the closure that you think because life doesn't work that way. It's not like a movie where you're just one day going to get that phone call because it may never come. There may never be that that moment, and I think it's it's okay, and it's fine to accept that because sometimes the closure is in that fact that you may not get the closure, thus showing you that that person's role in your life is not what you wanted it to be, uh, but that's okay because then you've resolved it in itself. Like there's been uh, times in the past for me where I've had this happen before where I didn't get like the exact closure that I was looking for, but through events that happened in life, I was like, okay, well, I see the role that I play in this person's life. And then from there, you can kind of just make your next steps. So I think, I think you should always seek closure if it's something that you want, but also there's going to come a certain point where 
you might fall into a trap where no matter what you do, you're always going to want more closure. And that's when you realize that it's okay. Like you may not get that exact moment to happen, but you can do the best that you can. Well, I'll start with the closure one, just since you were just talking about this. Um, well, I think a question to ask yourself when it comes to closure is uh, I, if you can take a very honest look in the mirror and say, why why do I actually need closure? Because I think a lot of times, and I'm not assuming that this is always the case, but I think a lot of times we desire closure because we're hoping that there's still a chance. And, and so we want to, maybe if I can just say that one last thing. If I could just say this one last thing, if I can explain my point of view one last time, maybe they'll understand it and they'll come around to it. And I think if if you're hoping for that, you got to understand that you cannot control this other person. And that uh, sometimes the best thing to do is to to let them go and, and find your own sense of closure within yourself. What did this relationship mean for my life? How do I learn from it? How do I move on from it? Um, you know, if this is a situation where you guys have a, a, a very mutual um, end to your relationship and you are willing to sit down and have a conversation and you think that this is just like kind of like an exit interview, um, you, you know, if, if that's where it's coming from, you're just like, hey, I still want to be friends with you. You still want to be friends with me. Let's just kind of talk about uh, some things. Maybe you can learn something from it. And in, in those situations, I would encourage it. But again, I would really ask yourself, um, if, if this is something that you're, you're hoping that, uh, if I can just say it this one way, this one last time, maybe they'll, they'll come around. Um, then I would say maybe that's, that's not actually closure. You're just hoping for another chance. Um, how do I handle a guy that ghosted me? I think Steven w- was pretty much saying this is that, uh, if a person is ghosting you, it's, they're probably not going to be a person that you are going to want to pursue anyways. Um, I mean, I know that if I care about somebody and I want to pursue a relationship with them, ghosting them is not going to be on my agenda. No. <laughs> um, so I think if you can take, you can flip that perspective and be like, well, would I ghost them if I, you know, you know, like that? Maybe not, not to say that that'll take away the pain from it or negativity of it. Um, but maybe that mindset will help you heal from it. I would also encourage uh, not to take this personally. I know that's really hard because it happened in this interaction with this person, Um, but a lot of times the things that people do to us or we are a part of has nothing to do with us. A lot of times it has to do with them, and and we get caught up in personalizing personalizing a lot of this stuff and feeling like what's wrong with me what what did i do what what happened and maybe there's something but at the same time it's like if you're just being yourself and somebody ghosts you for that like you're not going to change who you are for this person um so i would say don't their decision to to kind of leave you in the dust that is on them essentially like you can try to think about just how you handled the situation but I would encourage a mindset of not taking it personal that they made this decision uh, to you because, again, this was that was on them. It's not on you. Yeah, and, and one last point on this. I think uh, uh, one of the toughest things that I've had to deal with, and I know a lot of people go through this, but in a relationship, both people have to want it to work. So if somebody is ghosting or if somebody is not giving you closure – 
a lot of times this just you can boil this down to just the fact of there's not a mutual respect for one another and you probably won't want to make this relationship work because they won't they're not willing to do what yeah, it you takes. You got to have that reciprocation. Exactly. And I think too many people they they push for something ultimately as much as it sucks sometimes you just have to kind of walk away from a situation and just let it work its way out because in my life everyone who's ever mattered to me I have put in the effort to show them that they matter to me. There might be times where I'm angry and there might be times I don't want to talk to somebody, but ultimately that's the one thing I can say. And I think all my closest friends, people I've dated, uh, anyone who's been close to me is I will do what it takes to show people that they matter in my life. And that at the end of the day, if someone's not doing that back for you uh, and they never come around, then that's probably not the person you want in your life. So I think that that's, that's my overall thought on just this whole ghosting and getting chances from people, just things that are meant to be. The reason why I think that a lot of times they just kind of happen is because both people are just drawn to one another and they're going to make sure that it happens. So if you don't feel that way, and it, it, there's probably a good reason that it's actually not going to work out. And you have to understand too, if, if you can think, obviously a lot of these situations are – um, are hard because they're uh, emotional and, and they, mm -hmm. they, they can hurt. But if there's any part of you that can kind of step outside of that and look at this logically, uh, I think many times uh, as humans, we are drawn to what we can't have. We want what we can't have. And so, uh, you know, the ghosting thing I think can be especially hard because a lot of times you're like, dang it, I want this person even more because yeah. they don't want me. But it's like, but you're not you're not going to build a healthy foundation on that. You're going to want, just like Steven said, that, uh, that requited love, uh, that reciprocated love. Um, you're not going to want a situation where, uh, you know, you, you are giving everything and hoping that they give uh, something um, in return that they're not willing to. Uh, and... Uh, Ultimately, again, you can't you can't control other people. No matter how close you might have been at one point, um, you can only control yourself. And and if you know, like Stephen said, he'll give himself to somebody, and then how they respond to it, he can kind of reevaluate how he's going to go forward in a relationship. And I think that that's a good mentality to have. Yeah, you won't want to control people because if you have to like control a situation to make someone be in your life, then that's not. That's not sustainable, and that's not what you want. You want someone to want to be there. Exactly. Absolutely. So the next one on here is very relatable because both of us, both Brandon and I, have had to just deal with this because we both took some vacation time, and um, the question is, how do I get back into routine after being on vacation? So I guess I'll speak to this one first. So... As I said earlier in this episode, I was just in Ohio for like five or six days. And whenever I do that, it's a weird adjustment because I'm under my parents' roof and I'm not. Uh, everything's just different. And I totally get the being out of the routine because for me, I am so ridiculously like on routines. I pretty much... Every single day I wake up at around the same time, doesn't matter if it's a weekday, a weekend, I have the same breakfast, which is I just have a protein shake every day for breakfast, and then I don't eat again until noon. And 
when I'm at home, I try to do the same thing, but it's not the same. It's a different protein powder, which is doesn't sound like a big deal, but that little subtlety, you can feel it sometimes because it's not as many calories, so I'll get hungry at different times. And then when I go into the pantry, it's different food than I would have at home, and every the restaurants around me are different. Everything is a little bit different. I also, um, yeah, just I'm also around a dog, which uh, I'm allergic to dogs, so sometimes I'll feel that, which takes me out of my routine a little bit. Um, so for me, how do I get back into routine after being on vacation? It's because I'm in such a good routine that I am anxious to get back into it when I'm on vacation. And that if anything, my difficulty is being in a routine while I'm on vacation. Because that's when I totally fall off the rails. But because I, I do such a similar thing all the time, I'm pretty easy to just come back and do what I was just doing. Kind of just pick up where I left off. So... I don't know, maybe I'm a weird person in this regard because I don't have too much of a difficult time to get back into it once I get back. I have a tough time not completely falling apart when I'm on the vacation and just start eating terribly. So <laughs> if there's advice that I would want as anyone who, if you're on vacation and you figured out how to stay in a good routine, that would be good advice for me. Well, you, Brandon, what about you? <laughs> well, you and I talked about this a little bit. Um, it sounded like your approach is you 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 are understanding of the idea that you're probably not going to be perfectly on routine when you go home but what you'll try to do is get as close as possible so maybe your workouts aren't going to be as good but you'll still try to do a little workout maybe you're not going to eat as well but you'll still try to maybe have a healthier version of what you're eating or something and i think that's a good approach because i think that's a good point i think uh I think we get we caught up in extremes a lot of times where we we go on vacation and we're like you know I had I had a bad meal so the rest of my vacation is just to shit I'm just going to eat like crap all the time and then I almost feel like it takes away a little bit of the luster of your relaxation because you you might feel guilty about how you're handling it so I think if there's anything that you can do to push yourself to be as close to your routine as possible so that you can maintain what what I would call an equilibrium, knowing that you're not going to be perfect because you're out of your habitat, uh, so to speak, um, you know, if, if you can keep that in mind, I think that uh, you're going to... Uh, be more accepting of what's happening, enjoy things more, and then not be as hard on yourself coming back. Because uh, I actually do have a problem with when I get out of my routine, getting back on it. Sometimes that will sabotage me. Um, and I was really worried about it this week because last week I had the entire week off. I hung out with some friends. I went up to see my family for Thanksgiving and I got really off my uh, routine and I was... I was like, oh my gosh, is this another spiral for me? Am I, am I now all this progress that I've made in terms of my physical health and, and establishing a routine, is it gone already? Am I going to fall back into old habits again? And so what I did when I came back to everything on Monday was kind of like my advice for the time management was I, I, stopped, I, I tried to slow down my mind and just say, Yes, I feel like I have a billion things to do, but let's just focus on one thing at a time. So when I went to work, uh, I had a lot of stuff to catch up on. I just handled one one task at a time. Uh, 
when I got done with work uh, and I needed to work out, I just like, yeah, I need to do this creative project and this and this and that. But let's just let's just work out for right now and see how that hand, that 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 goes. And then uh, once I start knocking things off the the task list, uh, one thing at a time, I slowly but surely I feel a lot better about getting into my routine. And it's amazing how one day can change everything for you. You you might feel that way for, for a, a, a negative a habit forming thing, but also for positive stuff. Like I could, I went a week last week where I wasn't doing the things that I wanted to do um, to set me up for success. And in one day on, you know, yesterday when I started just taking one thing at a time and, and uh, knocking out the stuff that I ultimately wanted to accomplish, immediately I felt better. I didn't feel overwhelmed with the fact that I didn't do all this stuff. I just took it one step at a time, one day at a time, and then I felt better about it. So, uh, Anything else you want to talk about on this topic? No, but I just realized I ended my sentence with so, and I'm tired. Dude, <laughs> I do this I, all the time. I say like. <laughs> I, I say like so many times. We've all got our things. I, I'm honestly really appreciative of things like the podcast because of it. Because I, I don't think Me I would too. have ever recognized that stuff unless we had this, uh, you know, this audio to, to look back on and say, oh, my gosh. When, when well, you don't I, want to end a sentence, <laughs> you just say so. <laughs> well, I recognize the fact that I say it like just in my normal day to day because I say it so often. Because nothing ever is what it is. It's like what it is, according to me, apparently. You hate that. <laughs> hate it. You honestly hate that. It's driving me crazy. It's such a boring one, too, because I feel like like is that uh, it's, it's like the dumbest word. It's like, well, uh, like, you know, like, uh, that's what I feel like. Yeah, it, it definitely does. Uh, there, there are things that you can, that are part of your vernacular where you feel less intelligent just because yeah no you're i feel, so used I feel to like my it. iq was going down every time i say like yeah so by the end of each podcast my iq is about down to 14 because <laughs> i say it so many times wow that's actually up for you isn't it <laughs> <laughs> it's actually crazy it actually goes up <laughs> i'm in double digits <laughs> this guy's out of his mind remember when we took that wait i, I do want to make <laughs> i gotta make a call out right now Okay. So uh, there was a mention about me wearing this jacket. So let me, let me say, let me yeah, say. Let's see the jacket, jacket. for the, for the video people. Let's see this <laughs> dang jacket for the video people. So let's let's make a comment here. All right. Oh, so Cavs, shout out. Baby. So shout out to one of my friends here who, uh, you know, he had had this jacket for a long time, and I had been eyeing it. Eventually, he was just like, "Hey, you know, you can have this," and I was like, "No way." So uh, I may or may not have just recorded a YouTube video in which I'm wearing this jacket. <laughs> And I'm wearing this jacket again in this. And yes, am I wearing a way too warm of jacket inside? Y- you bet your ass I am. Is uh is the video that you wore that jacket in is that one coming out this week? Uh yeah, this will be my next video that comes. <laughs> so two videos <laughs> more than in a likely. week with the same jacket. I love it. <laughs> more more than likely. I mean, I I did think about pushing it back just so people didn't think that. But I also made the conscious effort to wear this for this uh um, honestly think it's awesome i like that jacket a lot actually it, it looks I, good I, I like it too I'm, I'm a big fan of it that's why i've been if, wearing it a lot if you replace all of your leather jackets with throwback <laughs> nba jackets i'll, I'll be a fan <laughs> these are the days see the funny part is when the Cavs used to have these colors which are uh, blue and orange 
we hated them because we we missed the wine and uh, not really me because I actually grew up with these, but the previous generation missed the wine and gold. And then we went back to the wine and gold. Everyone was stoked, but now people recently are like, you know what? I kind of missed the blue and orange. So now I'm a, uh, I'm bringing it back. Nice. You're a trendsetter for sure. I'm a trendsetter. First mullets, now Cavs jackets. <laughs> I had a dream that you shaved your head. Dude, I don't even make that you. joke. I am getting a haircut uh, next week, so that's just that's. There's Shave nothing more it. to that. Shave it. <laughs> you know what? I hadn't decided what I was gonna do yet, so maybe that's what I'm doing. Make, make my dream come true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, what are some things that women can do to impress men? So, Brandon, since you are a woman, explain to us what you do to impress men. Well, since I am a woman, what I do to impress men um, is I uh, quiz them on the Dewey Decimal System. And it typically... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Go on. It it gets them going because there's nothing men like more than an intellectual woman a woman who even makes you feel less intelligent than them. Uh, I think a lot of men really appreciate that because they don't have any issues with masculinity or uh, uh, inferiority complexes. So as a woman, it's all about just putting men in their place and completely dominating them. I'm all about dominating men. (laughs) That's interesting. I'm a what? What's that? Dominatrix? That's what I am. Oh, okay. See what I... Did. All right. <laughs> uh, that's some good advice. All right. So um, I think what women can do to impress men is... <laughs> I just want to make jokes, too. I'm feeling in a goofy mood now. <laughs> Dude, this is, this is one of my issues. When I get into the goofy zone, I have a tough time sometimes flipping that switch. It's funny so, that you uh, say this, because the first time I called you out on this, you're like, oh, what the, what, 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 you know, you did your little stutter. Explain. I didn't even realize that I do that, but you're totally I, right. I honestly think it's hilarious, so I'm glad you did it. <laughs> yeah, dude, I got, I, got a, I got a trademark, my stutter. I'm going to get a shirt. Um, that's my new merch line. It's just going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, it's one of those shirts that has like a button on it. You push it, it lights up, and it does that. You also, like, you have a, a pretty deep voice, but when you do that thing, it becomes high pitch. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, good observation. Good observation. Good observation. Oh, man. I'm what can women do to impress men? I'll, I'll keep this short. Um, Wait. <laughs> so you set me up to to be a buffoon for this advice, but now you're going to give legitimate advice? No, you know what? You know what? Don't ask us. We don't know the answer to this. <laughs> no, we give real advice, and then I'll give real advice. Okay, so, so uh, what can women do to impress men? Uh, I, I think I've read that question about six times. So... Wait, which question could... are we on? <laughs> wow. Well, specifically. <laughs> um, well, I like... I definitely like when women have confidence. That's actually a, something I haven't noticed uh, about myself until recently. I was like, 
there's something that's really, really nice about a woman who, who's, who's confident in what they're doing and where they're going. So I like that a lot. Uh, I think just the, the idea of a woman being really supportive of the guy that they're into. So if you like something that the guy does, like let's say, for example, you really like their passion, acknowledging that you like that passion I think is really good. I think a lot of times guys are really similar to girls where we just like being told like nice things like we get we we like the idea of someone saying hey you're you're really good at this i think it depends on the person for example my love languages being um uh quality time and words of affirmation i like those two things so someone who's willing to take time out of their day to just spend it with just me not having to invite their girlfriends not having to make it a big, huge theatrical production, but just in showing me that they genuinely and like to hang out with just me is huge. And then, you know, I have to be with someone who enjoys the fact that I do social media stuff. So if they can take an interest in that and follow what I'm doing a little bit, I think that would go a really long way for me to be impressed. And um, yeah, that that's pretty much it. It's, it's honestly pretty simple, other than just all the obvious things like, being a good person, that's a pretty good one. Well, I think I, I think you made the most important point is that it's going to depend on the person. You need I, I and I think that that's where you bring the substance to things. Is sure we can make some generalizations about men, but uh, what I'm going to like is uh, in a lot of ways going to be different from what Stephen likes. And and I think even within the things that Stephen likes. Uh, like words of affirmation, the things that you do to show, to, to I guess, um, catch someone's attention. Uh, you even said this on your live stream, like you you kind of have a, uh, a paranoia of somebody that just compliments you right off the bat. So words of affirmation for you is really getting to know you and then being interested and and. Uh, verbalizing the interest in in you and your life and who you are, uh, not just. I think that goes with anything. It, you just got to put in some effort. You know, if you put in some effort to show somebody that you care, and uh, it, you know whatever that care is for that specific person, uh, that can that can really depend. But um, yeah, I, I, it's tough to say because I think it just it, it's so. Um, I don't want to generalize too much. I think guys like different things and uh, you just have to get to know in the same way people always talk about, you know, guys listen to, to, to women and, and get to know them, get to know what they like and put effort into it. it. It's the same way, the other way around, like get to know a guy that you're interested in, find out uh, what makes him tick and then maybe hone in on those things. Yeah, and Brandon and I were quite a bit different. Like Brandon likes when the girl like touches his boobs. Like he's he likes it a lot. Like, just the the feeling of the chest, he's really big on. Uh, you know, and for me, I just I, I don't I don't care about that superficial stuff. So you know, that's that's. Steven likes here. when you lick his asshole, and, and that's okay. <laughs> that's about Steven. <laughs> we need to be accepting of people's interests. Steven loves <laughs> asshole licking, so it's just. <laughs> I'm a weird guy sometimes. <laughs> Love it, Brandon. You're off base. I'm off base, dude. I've been off. I've been off the bases for years. You know why? I keep hitting bombs. Boom! Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> dude, did you just make up that joke? Yeah.
Yeah, I just made it up, dude. I'm wow. proud of myself. I, I, I kind of like that on. joke. Let me Google. Are there any open mics tonight? I might go do some stand-up. <laughs> Uh, you can see me do some good stand-up in my uh, vlog about Chicago going to see the Bulls game. Check it out. Check it out. Hell yeah. <laughs> it was really good. I talked about the weather. Um, what are some things to help with seasonal depression? I think you should start with this one. Cause this <laughs> oh, is, great. <laughs> this is something that, you, you know, I, 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 I guess I don't want to expose you. But I feel like <laughs> this is something that you've uh, been pretty vocal about, uh, something you struggle with, and I think... Um, it's something that you and I talk about a lot. So I, what, what is your advice towards this? Oh, man. Great topic. Great topic. So I'll, not to give away too much, but by the time this episode airs, um, I may have a video where I talk about uh, winter. So I don't know. I think I might mention seasonal depression in it. I honestly don't remember off the top of my head. But, yes, I, I think, though I don't know for sure what the actual categoriza- categorization are you looking for help from me? Because I'm not giving it. <laughs> Is that a word? Did I say a word? I think that's a word. Of uh, of um, seasonal, uh, seasonal. oh my gosh, sad, seasonal affective <laughs> The disorder. wheels are coming off, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going off the rails here. Seasonal depression. So let me, let me talk about this a little bit. Uh, yes, I definitely have seasonal depression. It is something that I... Uh, growing up in Northeast Ohio, in which it's really cloudy and we don't see a whole lot of sun, it's something that I have dealt with for all my life, pretty much. And it was one of the contributing things that made me move to Tennessee, just to try to get somewhere where the weather would be nicer, so maybe I wouldn't feel it as much in the wintertime. <sighs> so, uh, one, I, I want to say it is, it's pretty normal to have seasonal depression. Like, this is not something to feel... Um, to feel bad about this is something to just one recognize a lot of people deal with it there's a lot of things that your body doesn't get when it is deprived of sunlight and um, you're also deprived of doing as much or as many activities when you have to spend more of your time inside so that being said the most important thing that I have done and learned from seasonal depression is one you know that it's coming so that in itself is a good way to prepare ahead so what I like to do is I always try to schedule something in the wintertime that I have to look forward to. So try to schedule like at least one trip in the wintertime so you've got that to look forward to because based on my experience, whenever I've got a trip going on, that'll keep me just in a general uh, better mood and more upbeat for like at least a month leading up to that trip. So try to plan a trip, preferably somewhere where the weather is nice. Definitely try to do some sort of activity that you're inside. Um, for example, I did improv comedy classes. That was really big for me. I did a stand-up class. Just try to do things to occupy your time as much as possible during those winter months and work on improving yourself. Work on doing something where you can come back and feel like you're accomplished at the end of the day. So that maybe instead of just laying around and watching Netflix all day or um, just doing the same thing over and over, improve upon yourself. Maybe this is the time where you hire a personal trainer. So that during the three months where the weather is the worst, you've got someone to keep you on track, you've got a routine going, and you've got something to keep you busy. So I think if you do those things, you'll be able to get through it um, a lot better. And it's been pretty helpful for me because when I moved to Chicago, I knew that I'd have to come up with something. So, yeah. Yeah, good. Well, I I really wanted to hear your thoughts on that because I know that it is something that you you have to face every year and 
you know, I'm trying to figure out if if it's something that I feel. Because um, I, I, I just feel like in general I go through bouts uh, or I, I get waves of, of um, not full-fledged depression, but just like these really waves of um, anxiety or... Uh, just feeling kind of down on things, uh, and I don't, I don't know that it's entirely uh, exclusive to uh, the seasons. Um, I think I, I have it year round. Um, so what I would say for people that really have any mental health stuff is, I think that this is why I think it actually is very not to glorify mental health because it's obviously very tough and it's very serious but i think it's it's something that makes people with mental health um struggles uh special is you have this thing that um you kind of carry with you that i i think really can make you stronger but with that being said i think the reason the way that it can make you stronger is you don't get lazy with it I was listening to this, um, well, I was watching a video and, and there was a specific part where this, uh, this woman who, uh, had battled anorexia nervosa, which is an eating disorder where you just don't eat. Um, and she is recovered now, but she says, I, I still, I still struggle with it just because I'm recovered from it doesn't mean, um, it doesn't mean I ever like don't. Like, I don't ever have those inclinations to not eat. Sometimes I'll have that mindset come in where I'm like, oh, you shouldn't eat that or, you know, whatever. And she, it's something that she carries with her forever. But what what she talked about was just that she, she rec- there, there are two kinds of triggers, really. There are triggers that can kind of trigger those, those maladaptive behaviors or, in other words, uh, behaviors that might be bad for your mental health or emotional health. Um, but there are also positive triggers where you recognize maybe your mindset is getting in the wrong place um, or something's happening um, that you need to pay attention to and that can trigger you into, um, I guess, taking it head on. So whether that taking it head on is some of the things that Steven said, you know, working out, going on a vacation, spending time with friends, um, I think trying to stay on top of it rather than like being proactive rather than reactive especially if this is something that you know that you've been experiencing pay attention to it and be proactive like establish a good routine that takes care of yourself you're not always going to be free from that seasonal depression even if you do all these things i mean steven's pretty good about staying on a routine but he'll still have random moments where he feels it um and same thing with me like i'll have random moments where these waves will just come in and I'm like, I don't want to do anything today. Um, and so I think it's a lot easier to to manage it if you are proactive with it and you are doing the things that set yourself up for success rather than getting into that depressive state and then trying to fix it. Um, so that's what I would say is just try to be on top of it. Recognize that that's going to be a part of who you are. Don't, um, don't loathe, self-loathe over that. Uh, again, Maybe this is uh, just my perspective, but I think that stuff makes you special because even though it sucks to deal with, it's it's adversity that you have to learn to conquer and and live with, and uh, and and uh, push through. And I think you know anybody can be successful if everything is perfect and all uh, all the signs are leading up and nothing ever um, gets in your way. But for people who struggle with this stuff. 
if you're able to manage it and, and uh, overcome it day after day after day, that's beautiful in my in my eyes. So, um, yeah, I think I think I think I said everything I wanted to say on that. Should I start a podcast is the next question in here. And um, well, coming from a couple of guys who have a podcast, uh, I don't want to speak for both of us, but I'm going to anyway because I know uh, it's I know my favorite thing of- that you do when you preface it with "I don't want to speak with both of us, but I will anyways." <laughs> but I'm a rebel, and I'm going to do it regardless. No, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll just speak for me. Uh, so <laughs> I won't I won't do this again. I'm just going to speak for me. So, should you start a podcast? Well, one, I'd say, do you have something that is useful to say? Like, are you, (laughs) that sounds kind of mean, but anyone can just start a podcast because all you have to do is press record. And that's mostly the reason why I think that, yes, you should, because it's so easy to start one. That was literally the reason why, when Brandon and I were thinking about doing a project together, the reason why I suggested podcasts, because it, it was the easiest thing we could possibly do being so far apart from one another. Um, But really, if you want to start a podcast, do it. There shouldn't be any reason to not do it uh, if you want to try it. Because, one, why would you not do it? Like, I I feel like if you want to do it, what would the reason be that you could convince yourself not to do it? Why you don't have the time to do it? I mean, I... It's it's really weird, but when Brandon and I first started doing this podcast... It's crazy to think that we didn't know if we were going to be able to release an episode every week. We thought that maybe that wasn't going to be manageable. And yet, here we are uh, a year and a half later, and not only did we release a podcast episode every week, but we are both also releasing a YouTube video every single week. We also have a uh, YouTube channel for the podcast in which we release at least a few videos every single week on not to mention the countless live streams and the, all the other things that we're doing in our personal lives. It's crazy just to think how one simple thing like starting a routine of doing a podcast episode could turn into so much more. So I say if you want to start a podcast, do it. Recognize the fact that it's going to be probably pretty bad when you first do it, but that's completely fine because everything is bad. Go back and watch, if you don't want to believe this, go back and watch some of the like first episodes of Conan or go back and watch the first stand-up routines of like Louis CK, like these people who went on to have super successful careers and you're like, "Wow. They weren't even that good back then." And it's weird to watch that and then you realize that the only way you get to be great at something is to be okay with being terrible for potentially a long time. You should do it cuz you want to do it and you enjoy doing it. And if that's what you, if you enjoy the idea of doing it, give it a shot. See where it goes. Well, and I think in, in that itself, that, that last point that you made, I think that that's a, a big point. You know, what what are you looking for out of possibly starting a podcast? If you, if your only goal is to get, you know, discovered and it's not something that you actually want to do, but podcasts are the new trendy thing. So I, I think... I think in a lot of times those mentalities are less sustainable um, because you're you're uh, relying on external validation rather than uh, what validates you internally, what you actually want out of things. So if you want to start a podcast or just try it, 
yeah, freaking try it. I would say even if you don't have anything to say, if if a podcast is something like I have friends who have a fantasy football podcast that only speaks to their fantasy football league, so it's it's <laughs> never going to get bigger than their fantasy football league. But they enjoy doing it; they have a fun time doing it, and it's that's awesome. Like if if you like doing this stuff, if it's if it's just an outlet for you or a hobby. Um, I, I, I think even Steven and I didn't really understand what this was going to become, like that this was going to uh, be a weekly thing or a priority for us at first. We just wanted to do a project. We started it. We were already do, doing the conversation part. We just, like you, like Steven said, had to hit record. And, yep. um, and then I think the reason that this podcast has had the, the sustainable uh, – track record that it has is because at the core we do it because it's enjoy we we like doing this we like showing up even if in a moment like oh gosh we got to record a podcast as soon as mm-hmm. that thing that button hits for record i'm like hell yeah i'm i'm ready to go yeah, I've, I've been pumped about recording this episode all day because i feel so out of the rhythm like that little bit of time off i've been wanting to go back to this so much you guys have no idea like I've been so ecstatic just recording this episode just because I feel like I needed this tonight. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I, w- I would encourage if you just want to try something, try it. Um, and especially if it's uh, if it's specifically for you and the things that you want to do, uh, that doesn't need to be, oh, I want to have a career in podcasting. If you just want to do it because you enjoy hearing yourself talk, <laughs> go ahead and do it. Maybe Maybe people will tune in. So I, I, I always encourage people putting things out into the into the world into to the universe because uh, I just think uh, if you you have something that you want to share um, and you're willing to share I think I think that's cool. Yeah, and do not be a perfectionist on it. Just put stuff out there. Don't it's it's not gonna be it's not gonna be your best work. You're only gonna get better, and just be okay with that. I I think that's what keeps a lot of people from putting themselves out there is they think it's not gonna be very good. And the truth is, they're right, and once they can get over that, that's when things are going to change. Because I, I know firsthand for me, when I first started making videos, I struggled with that. And keep in mind, I think I'm, I think it was easier for me just because, as I've said, I never really felt like I was spe- really that good at much of anything growing up. And I feel like the only thing I've, I've ever really excelled at was being entertaining. Like, I really feel like that was my, so my thought was whatever, like what my YouTube channel is not going to take off at first. I don't care. I like doing this. I'm used to being bad at things. Maybe eventually this will turn into something. So I think that that mentality can go a long way. Yeah. And that could be a tough lesson to, to learn too, because, um, I think like looking back on my pursuit of music and stuff, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself for, oh, this show has to be perfect, otherwise I'm never going to make it. And it took a lot of the love out of what I started doing it for. Um, so if you can just, if you can hone in on the fact that you just enjoy doing this because it's enjoyable and not hold yourself to this super high standard because you're never going to, what is perfect? Perfect is whatever you make up is perfect. So there's not really going to be that. And um, just the more practice you get with stuff, the more efficient within yourself you're going to feel. And uh, so, yeah, I I would definitely encourage to, to give it a go. 
One last question on here. Uh, should I try to gain more of a following on Instagram? If so, why and how? I I guess I'll I guess I'll take this one. Um, I think it's actually it depends on what your goal is. Like, should you just try to gain a following on Instagram? Here here's my thought on the social media platforms. I think you got to know yourself in, in terms of is it going to be negative towards your mental health to spend a lot of time on these platforms and what do you have to do to get yourself into a better mindset um it is great to be able to build up a following on instagram it's something that i have put a lot of time into keep in mind i entered 2019 with like 1700 followers maybe and now i'm over 9,000. so it it's really good you you get a lot of uh you get a lot more people to connect with. You never know who you're going to meet through this. Keep in mind, not only has it been nice for people just to find my uh, my YouTube channel um, and see some of the stuff that I've been doing, but it's also been helpful for me to connect with other creators. So there's there's an element of just what are you doing it for? If 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 you're trying to like show people that you're this amazing person, then I think that's the wrong reason to to do Instagram. If you're just trying to look a certain way but if you just want to get people to find your work or you want to be able to connect with people um, to collaborate with I think it's great definitely I recommend building up your Instagram following because if for those of you who don't remember my live streams that I do on YouTube those originally started because Brandon and I were doing Instagram ones together and then eventually that turned into just me doing some solo Instagram ones together and then eventually that turned into my YouTube channel me doing um, live streams on there all the time and I don't know I think is getting in as involved as you can on as many social media platforms as you can I think it's really helpful if you're trying to build a social media presence so as much as some of these aren't your favorite which there's plenty of that aren't my favorite um, I think it's pretty valuable just make sure you're doing it for the right reasons I mean I don't really have much to add on that I, I do think that um, you know what are you looking to do out of it I I've always had kind of a love-hate relationship with social media. When I was using it for personal reasons, I had to get off of it because I was uh, getting caught up in things that really didn't matter that were impacting me that, that shouldn't have, and, and I just thought it was pointless. Uh, but when, I, when it turned into a tool for me uh, to, to share uh, you know, the, the different projects that I work on, um, I really appreciated Instagram. Uh, I've met some cool people on here, just like Steven talked about. And um, it's, it's, I think in today's world, it's, it's, unless you're already, unless you already have uh, a bit of notoriety, it's tough to get your stuff out there without having a social media presence. So if you're a creator of some sort, I think um, unless you're doing some guerrilla marketing, you probably you probably need to to be on. Some we need to do some more guerrilla marketing. So some, some <laughs> form of social media, but uh, I think I don't think it has to be Instagram. Uh, you know, people still use Twitter. Uh, I, Steven's always kind of had a mentality of uh, try a bunch of different things. So he he started a TikTok. You can do that. Um, he also has an OnlyFans account. So that. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> Just kidding. Love to see it. I'm kidding. I did that for Miguel. Miguel loves to, to bring that up in our he chat. He definitely so. does. Uh, but yeah, just uh, if you have something that you want to share with the world, uh, I, I would encourage it. Uh, uh, and, and I would also say, if you're like me, uh, using it as a tool rather than uh, like a personal um, 
the source has really helped me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Anything else we want to discuss? I'm good. This was a good episode. Dude, solid episode. I'm going to make actually a recommendation before we go here. I saw the movie Ready Player One, which I know is not a new movie, but then again, I don't. <laughs> I never am uh, given recommendations at the right time, usually not even the right decade. So at least this one, I'm within, I think it's a 2018 movie, Ready Player One. So close enough to being uh, a new recommendation, but amazing special effects and uh, just a very interesting movie that makes you think about the future because eventually we're all going to be living in headsets. And uh, when we're living in those headsets, we're, uh, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> so profound. <laughs> Man, I, I don't know. I sh- do, we, do we know? What do we know? That's the question. That's why you should watch the damn movie and maybe you'll learn. I'm going to pull a Steven because I actually don't have any recommendations prepared. I recommend that you moisturize. Dude. (laughs) This is what it's come down to. I I recommend that you you sleep. That you get some sleep sometimes. (laughs) Okay, I made a couple of (laughs) blah recommendations, but now it's a running joke. I don't... I just I don't I don't get the motives here, dude. There are no motives. I'm just living life. All right, okay. are we done? Is. We got everything, dude. I think we got more than everything. We got more than everything must go. Everything must everything. There we go. <laughs> there we go. All right, next week, next week we are gonna take a look back at the decade as 2019 is coming to a close. We we're trying to figure out when would be most appropriate. Um, and we kind of have to fit it in between Christmas or around Christmas and now because we'll probably do another Christmas episode. Uh, so oh, ne- yeah. Last yeah, last year people were sleeping on that episode. Dude, that episode was episode. dope last year with the little Christmas <laughs> music underneath everything. I loved it. Uh, yeah, so uh, next week is uh, take, taking a look back on uh, the decade. If you guys uh, enjoyed this episode, uh, be sure to let us know what your what your thoughts were. If you have any questions, comments, you can email us emgpod at gmail.com. You can call us 513-427-EMG5. Or uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, at emgpod. Uh, Steven and I also have our individual handles. I am at Brandon J. Flippin. Steven is at Steven Russell B. With a V, not a PH. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take it easy, everybody. (laughs) 